0: You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates. Thank you for joining us. We are number one on Google Podcasts for Toronto real estate. Make sure you give us a thumbs up, leave us a like, and follow us because we're going to continue to put out daily info on the news as it hits the Toronto real estate market. And as you've probably felt out there, it is beginning to heat up, but it's not just the weather that's starting to. Rise in temperature. It's also happening in amongst real estate across the city. If you haven't felt that, I know we sure have in our business. And so as this kind of happens, I want to talk about what some of the news is as it relates to the market. I want to specifically begin talking about this idea of mortgage deferrals. There have been some interesting articles, all kind of stemming from the recent CMHC report talking about how deferrals are soon going to mean mortgages are underwater. And we'll talk about what that means, what that could look like, because if that was the case, it would have some serious implications to our real estate prices. And then I want to transition and talk about what Ontario cities took the biggest hit last month. And along the way, also share what I'm feeling out in the real estate market as I'm interacting with clients on a daily basis. And finally, yesterday was day one of the new rent assistance program for commercial businesses. Do you guys think commercial landlords are opting in? We're going to read some articles talking about whether they are or are not, and what some of the backlash would be if they don't. And I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today make sure you get an opportunity to go outside and, and spend the day. I know we're not supposed to be going up to cottages, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the nice weather. It's supposed to be from what I heard in the high thirties on the humidex in the coming days. So make sure you get out there and enjoy and sunscreen up and make sure you know where you're going because we don't want to be getting in any trouble in our social distancing. I love how they say practice social distancing. I know it's, I know that's, we just say it. It's like make sure you practice social distancing, but I find it's really funny cause it's like we're practicing. Like what are we practicing for? Right, like we're practicing social distancing, right? Ugh, it's just—it's a really strange word. It's like, why don't we just like maintain distance, right? Like, why why are we practice? Anyways, just the, the the things that happen in my mind can sometimes be a little silly. Okay, so let's talk about this idea of mortgage deferrals. Now, I I wasn't gonna put this article at the beginning, but as I was kind of thinking about, it, I'm like, you know what? Let's let's start here. I think this is a good place to start before we kind of get into what we're seeing in the market and what the stats are showing. Because I think it's an interesting viewpoint and it's important for us to have a full understanding of what everyone is saying is gonna happen in our real estate market. I know everyone kind of stands in the judgment seat and says, Oh well, either you're you're on this side and you're you're just a you're a doom and gloomer, you know, like you don't want you don't want anything bad to happen in the market. It's always only good news. But then we get other people on the other side that says, Oh well, it's it's always bad news. Wait, I forgot what I just said. You get the idea. <laughs> Some people sit in the side of it's always bad. Some people sit in the side of it's always good. And there is an understanding, a misconception that to come to that conclusion means never having looked at other views in the beginning. And that's simply not true. That's at least that's not what we're doing here. I want to make sure we're getting a full picture of what the worst is saying, what the best is saying, and I'm going to leave it up to you guys to make the judgment call on what you think is going to happen. And if it comes to the worst of what's going on, there's no better article than better dwelling. Our friends over there, they wrote this article in the last 24 hours. Most of Canada's insured mortgages on deferrals projected to be underwater soon. If you're thinking that's an extreme forecast. So this is why I was saying, I kind of jumped, I added this after at the beginning, but the reason is as I was kind of reading it, it's kind of like, eh, whatever, not a lot of good info, but near the end, it got really good. And this is what I want to show you as kind of the extreme example of what could happen in our marketplace, at least what they're saying. If you're thinking that's an extreme forecast, it's actually balanced between CIBC and Moody. So this approach is like when we're talking about CMHC, Their forecast, even I've been a little critical. I'm thinking like 18% drops. Like, come on, guys, really? And they're saying, well, if you compare it against CIBC and Moody's, well, it's right in the middle. It's more balanced. Like, okay, well, it's all relative, right? Like, you can't just take the other two extreme ones and then say it's balanced because it's between those ones. But we have seen a huge diversity in the forecast. Like, everyone's coming up with all these different numbers. Like, Like, pass me the hat, Jones- I'm going to pull out one of these numbers and what are we going to, we're going to be going to forecast today. Really? Like that, it feels like that's what it is. And it doesn't feel like there's any logic behind it either because although they say, Oh, well, these guys are more biased. I don't agree with that. I I do think it's random. It seems to be random. Different people date based on the economists in various industries all have different projections that seem to be quite varied in the way they approach it. So the national housing agency also expects home prices won't recover until 2022. So that's more of a recap. But then they say a lot of insured mortgages with deferrals will be underwater soon. For those who don't know, an underwater mortgage is when the balance of the loan is greater than the home value. All sorts of issues pop up in this situation, like a bank not renewing the mortgage. And we've heard this as a sharp criticism in protection of first time buyers or young people because the idea being, and CMHC even mentioned this, so this isn't new info here if you were to purchase a property, let's say at 5% at the height of the real estate market in February, you would already be underwater if they approve that mortgage. Because if properties had come down in the condo space over 10%, you now are negative. Now you might be fixed in some kind, but when that comes up for renewal, which is kind of the trigger date. So This is, this is the first phase of this is we need to consider this is going to be renewal, right? And these things are generally renewing between three to five years, most likely five years. So are we going to be back by five years from now, even in the CMHC view, they're saying it's by 2022. So hypothetically, yes, it should be fine. But it's a valid point, right? Like if you were to purchase a property and then be quote underwater, and if you were to make a rash decision to just sell the place, you'd really get yourself caught. And that would of course lead to an influx of listings and a declining very quickly real estate prices here in the GTA. Then they go on these kind of random calculations. I'll share the numbers with you. I have trouble wrapping my head around where they're pulling these numbers or what they're saying, but I want to share it because I think it's important that we at least hear their view on this. Is the CMHC being overdramatic? Not at all. Using the low end of the forecasted price drop 70% of insured mortgages on deferral will have a maximum of 1% equity. I guess this is just a forecast or calculation they had. About 91% of those homes will see equity losses of at least half, with 70% suffering a loss of at least 90% of their equity. So they're, they're claiming that in a best case scenario, based on what CMHC said, that we would have a ton of people pretty much losing their equity. In fact, 70% of them would lose at least 90% equity. And then they go on to say, like, in the extreme examples, it'd get even worse. And then negative, negative equity is one thing but if you're forced to sell the losses are even higher. So then they talk about how there's insurance fees and costs to selling that will take a big hit for the, the people selling the property. So all in, you're losing all your money. In fact, you could be quote, underwater, right? This is that idea of being underwater. This is only, this also only using insurance mortgages with the payment deferral. So they were taking the numbers from these payment deferrals as the bad scenarios, but other mortgages not on a deferral also have equity that would be exposed to similar situations as well. Right? And kind of that same idea of the first time buyers, they might not be deferring, they could be carrying those, but because they've got such a small portion of equity in that property, they are underwater as well as the deferral rate increases. We'll see this become more and more of a risk. So as the deferral rate increases and they're actually expecting it up to 20%, which is why I don't get where they got 70%, but fine, let's take their numbers. So they're saying they're expecting at least 20% deferring. This is from CMHC again for sales, especially in the high rise condo apartment segment is a risk CIBC warned of. Oh, again, one of our, uh, our average, Forecasters, of course not. That was extreme as well. They said, it's not a surprise to see everyone from prominent mortgage experts to the CMHC warn: If you're going to buy right now, make sure you have a solid financial situation. Of course, that's the case, by the way, make sure you've got solid footing in your finances before you purchase. I agree with that. So we all end up at the same position, right? Like let's be smart, but the forecasts are quite extreme in these. And anyways, I I wanted to make sure we looked at better dwellings perspective on it and what they're kind of saying. But where I see the clear divide, I've mentioned this before is this idea of whether or not there will be forced selling. If forced selling is in your thinking of what, as what will happen, like if we're going to have people dumping properties, then your forecasts are going to look far more like CIBC and Moody's and CMHC. However, if you've got a forecast that doesn't include forced selling, not extreme without an extreme shock, which we haven't seen an additional extreme shock recently, but with no additional extreme shock, and just based on what we're seeing the numbers as they are today, you would, I think land closer in line with some of the single digit declines that we're seeing from the other big banks and economists. And so I'm going to share with you what that looks like. Cause we've now just seen the extreme. So let's talk about what would look like if we don't see for selling instead, we see a continued balance of supply and demand. Now we covered, uh, yesterday, we were talking about Remax and they kind of did this report. So I didn't want to redo that same podcast. Make sure you go back and have a listen, but I want to share from a different angle. This comes from Toronto stories. And in fact, they're actually very critical of Remax. And I think people are generally critical of Remax. They're a very easy target, right? Cause you are kind of, you are the largest real estate brokerage in the world. And of course you have a conflict of interest, wanting the prices to go up. So I get the hate, I get it, but it's also important that we hear their cries as well. They have a voice, they have economists and they have their own predictions that need to be considered too. And their view on this whole thing is that supply and demand should be the prominent focus that that is what's going to mean in, in a very localized marketplace. So speaking of Toronto, specifically the supply and demand factors are what's going to either increase or decline, decrease properties. Industry leaders say home prices could increase 7.8% but they could also drop 14% right? But this report from Remax says that while brokers are seeing housing inventory down in many markets, demand is remaining high with multiple offers a common scenario. If demand continues at its current course, Remax expects that real estate prices in Canada will remain relatively stable or experience a single digit price correction at worst. Remax isn't the only one saying this. There's a lot of people saying this. I would say there's more people claiming single digit declines than people claiming double digit declines. So, so if you think that they're standing in a position of the minority, that's actually not true. They are standing in a majority position, which is why the CMHC warning of the mortgage deferrals and the dropping of prices was quite a, a shock as far as the statistics go. Here's a key quote from REMAX. This is the vice president and regional director. CMHC doesn't seem to understand the sheer number of sellers that would have to accept this kind of price reduction in order for average housing prices to plummet to this degree in such a short time span. Sellers simply won't accept that kind of discount on their listings. A statement of this nature is panic-inducing and irresponsible. So very strong words towards CMHC. But you can see the reason for the strong words comes back down to this idea of having for selling, right? That people need to take a haircut on their price in order to dump their property because they have no other choice. Remax stands in the position of, well, people aren't going to do that. And I tend to lean closer to that side. I don't think people will do that unless they absolutely have to, which is where I think the mortgage underwater argument is a little bit stronger. Cause at least you're giving some reason for it. If you can, if you can prove a reason for why people would dump their property, I want to know too. Like I would love to see the the thought process behind that where that's going to come from with actual numbers and actually seeing it being applied in our marketplace. And that will be when me and my investors are lining up to put offers on properties because the window currently is closing. So if there's another one going to open, I want to know about it. And this is all the numbers that they kind of pulled together here in both cases, by the way, seem to come speaking on last month. So they're not even current statistics. This is the problem with news. It's kind of delayed, right? Cause the statistics come out once a month, which is the case again this month. And so we're kind of, we're running a little bit behind, but if we look since then, since both of these forecasts, we actually have seen prices come back up and I'll share the numbers with you in a minute, but we did see a drop. So we can't ignore that prices have dropped and I don't think they're running from it, but let's, let's not consider, let's not forget that we did see in some actual segments, double digit declines already since our highs in February, March, but year over year, we've kind of flatlined when government financial assistance runs out and the six month mortgage referral program expires, Remax believes people may then start listing their homes, especially if they can't afford to keep them. So even Remax is saying, you know what, people might need to sell their homes, but they say that this is currently not the case. And if a flood of listings does occur in Toronto this fall, it would be a short cycle. So they say it could happen, but it's not going to be substantial. Again, guys, this is what the experts are saying. They have different opinions on it. They're all running with the same statistics. So don't feel like you can't formulate or find opportunities in your own mind. You can they all are running with the same numbers. They just have different impressions on what will happen next and nobody knows the future, which is why we have such diversity in the forecasts. But let me share with you guys, you've heard from the extremes on both sides. Let me share with you what's happening in the industry and what's happening amongst brokerages and other realtors and what information we're sharing or experiencing. Okay. I would be doing a huge disservice if in my podcast, I didn't share this because this is what, This is what it's all about. This is the goods, guys. This is the meat and potatoes. I received an email from my brokerage yesterday from one of my office administrators, and they said, quote, the market is picking up, exclamation mark. This past week, one of our agents listed an estate property for sale in Etobicoke. On the second day, the listing agent received a bully offer of $50,000 over asking. The sellers are ready and willing to accept on the advice of our brokerage. The listing agent decided to stay the course and review the offers on the original holdback date. Wait a minute. You're saying people are holding offers back again. Uh, yeah, this is, this is weeks ago. This wasn't happening anymore, but now it's starting to happen again. I'm seeing it all over the place. Listen to this though. On Sunday, the listing agent received 24 offers in total and the property sold for 250,000 over asking 250 over asking. Now I don't know the details of this listing, but this is the information our offices are sharing with us. And this is no matter how you slice it, this is not bad news. This is not a bad market. 24 offers. If you price it like in a, in a market that would be declining, I could price my, 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 any, in, in theory, any price that's low in order to generate multiple offers, would be a joke. It wouldn't stick because people are going to say, no one's going to do that anymore. I don't want to be a part of that market. I'm going to find a deal somewhere else. That's not what we're seeing. And then they add this kind of tip at the end. If you have extra, if you have any listings that have 15 days on market or longer, consider canceling and relisting a fresh listing, because I actually have noticed that ones that are kind of 15 days, the agents getting a little bit weary and kind of thinking they seem to be a little bit more negative about what's going on in the marketplace. But people who have properties that have been posted in the last week, they are on fire from what I'm, from what I am seeing out here. In fact, this Friday I took some clients out in Toronto. We we're looking at single family detached in and around the city, and we looked at four properties, okay? Now, they're nice properties because we're not we're not looking at junk at this point. Why why bother? We're looking for good stuff. And every single one of them since then have at least one offer on them. Some of them have multiple offers on them already. And they're, they're holding offers. Yes, they're doing that. And properties are getting scooped up very quickly. Now, I'm not saying my experience is the same for everybody, but my experience is my experience and you cannot convince me otherwise. I am seeing crazy activity going on in our marketplace. And it's important that you hear these voices as well, not just the voices that say that everybody's going to die underwater. Okay, well that was a nice little stroll in the park. <laughs> you guys ready for round two? Uh, the funny thing is is I start filming these things at around seven 30 in the morning. And by this time I'm kind of 20 minutes in, I'm so fired up. I'm ready for my day. This is like a full exercise here. Like I'm going to start sweating. Okay. So we're going to move on. That's not, I like to put the heavy stuff at the beginning and that's kind of why you experience what you experience. And this is why I talk fast sometimes, but now we're going to transition. We're going to digress a little bit and talk about this idea, there's, there's actually a survey we were kind of talking about that came from Zucasa, and they were interviewing these major cities, including the GTA. And so dailyhive.com published an article talking about the findings. Again, I don't want to share what we shared before, but I definitely see value in this article because the more opinions we can get on the same statistics, the better we can frame our, our own thinking. So the article is called GTA Experience's Largest Drop in Home Prices Across Canada. And so, COVID 19 spurred a decline in property price across Canada, but the GTA leads in the country in the largest drop in home prices, with Ontario cities claiming the top five spots in the country when ranked by dollar declines. There's actually been some very, I'm surprised that Vancouver hasn't fallen off more. I haven't researched Vancouver that much because, I mean, who cares? It's beautiful, but it's not my home. So, I don't care as much. But they actually have done surprisingly well relative to Ontario cities, seem to be being slammed. For example, The average home price is down in Canada, 10%. In Toronto, where's our decline here? Let's pull up the... There's actually a little chart here. Pretty little chart. Percentage change. The Greater Toronto is down 10%. Ottawa is down 7%. Hamilton, Burlington, 5%. Niagara region and Windsor-Essex down 6% and 8% respectively. So, but these... The funny thing is, is like, well, you got 5% in Hamilton is down, but then you got in slot five, you got 8% down in Windsor. But the reason for that... And the big thing here is it's as a percentage, right? So as a percentage, it's extreme. So like we see, however, Toronto is down more extreme than anyone in both numbers and percentage. So they have a good case here, right? Like we've seen Ontario really getting slammed and it's interesting because in Ottawa and Windsor Essex, for example, lowest declines in sales were ranging between 21 to 30% drop, right? Which is way less than we've seen in Toronto. And as you kind of come closer to the GTA, we see that in GTA, there's a 59% in Hamilton 52 and Niagara 55, right? So obviously bigger fluctuations because we're in the bigger cities now, I guess Ottawa is, an ex- is a unique scenario, but it seems to be the closer you get to Toronto and the surrounding GTA, the, the higher the fluctuations. And so people would think, oh, well, let's get away from that. But we've, we've had this conversation before, Big fluctuations also means big money. Like don't, don't be afraid of the fluctuations. In fact, take them as an opportunity when you see them, if you can, and if you're comfortable with the fluctuations. some people aren't. While each of these areas experienced a drop in sales of at least 50% in April from February, the corresponding decrease in new listings only ranged from 29 to 42%. This is where it's important to recognize this was over a month ago. More recently we've seen it's actually been very balanced. It's been very balanced. If we look in the last month, these were stats we published a few days ago in our podcast from April 21st to May 19th. Zookas have found the average sale price was 939. It was up monthly 4.3 percent and up yearly 1.8 percent. So on a yearly basis, we're actually up right now would that not be crazy for this thing to end in a positive standing year over year? Would that not be nuts? I don't think it's impossible. What would need to happen in that environment with this price increase would need to continue to go up. But the factors that have been kind of thought of as like, you know, deferrals coming, falling through and then people needing to sell that process. If that doesn't happen, we will end positive. If that does happen, then it comes down to, well, how extreme is it? So, Interesting stats. These are some of the just things to keep in mind, right? Ontario has been getting pretty hard hit on a price perspective. Now, of course, again, fluctuations need to be kept in mind. Let's talk also before we kind of transition, I want to get into this idea of commercial landlords, but before we go there, we, I actually already recorded yesterday, I recorded the video that we upload once a week for this Wednesday on YouTube, but we'll also be uploading it on our podcast on Thursday, talking more about municipalities and the struggle that they're in. I was just, I'm kind of begging that the city wants it to happen, but I also don't want it to happen before Wednesday because I think I've looked like a bit of an idiot that I was calling for something to happen that already happened. But I mean, in a way, it's a good thing if it gets done because it needs to get done. But uh, in the city of Toronto it's very tight they can't keep deferring property taxes anymore they don't have room for that and so this article from the Toronto Star ongoing gr- grace period on Toronto property taxes may be coming for those in need so listen to what they're doing it's actually clever they're they're not they're not throwing the thing in the garbage they're actually pivoting they're actually debating in city council on May 28th There's recommendation of a new needs based deferral program for residential and commercial property taxes. So you would need to apply and be approved. And the city has no money to do it for everybody. So if you don't need it, then don't apply. If you need it, you can apply. And there's still a safety net. This is a nice fine balance from the city of Toronto and it's good to see. Ultimately I think with bailouts in place, we're going to end up having the provincial government come in and pay all these things anyways. There's a good chance of that. So if we can continue to use some of this money to defer more property taxes for people who need it, why not? But let's not do it for everybody. Let's not throw money where it's not needed. Things are starting to open up and things are starting to move well. But make sure you guys tune into that municipal video slash podcast that we're going to do later in the week. Okay. Before we wrap up, we can't not mention this new program, the CECRA the EFG program, Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance Program, because this thing actually began yesterday. It is now in place. Nice of you to show up, <laughs> right? Like, come on, guys. I can't be the only one thinking like we've come on. This just happened. But now they've been talking about it for a few weeks, but it's all been speculative until this point. Just yesterday, it's finally in place. Ontario Premier Doug Ford is, quote, begging landlords to buy into a commercial rent relief program warning of consequences if they don't. Listen to this quote. Landlords need to start signing up for this because they're not going to like the consequences if they don't sign up for it. I can assure you I'm protecting the tenants. So anyways, poor landlords, man. Even in the commercial space, they're getting completely spanked. It's bad enough they haven't collected rent in the last two months. Now you're forcing them to do something that they don't want to do. And if they don't do it, Because, and by the way, when I say they don't want to do it, the numbers show they don't want to do it. Like they just don't want to do it. Whatever the reason for it is, if you disagree with it, that's fine. But as a business, they don't want to do it. So what's happening now is because it's voluntary, we're starting to see an outcry, right? And it seems to me, at least based on what the news is saying, and of course the news can be biased based on the loudest voices, and the loudest voices are, in this case, the tenants. There's a big call for something to be done, and that something will be, I guarantee it, if nothing if these guys don't sign on this program, I can already see the writing on the wall, a ban on commercial evictions. I can see that happening now, man. I would not be surprised. But here is what there was a letter written by five major business groups. I'll read to you who the business groups are. This is the Restaurants Canada, the Retail Council of Canada, the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses, the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, and the Ontario Restaurant, Hotel and Motel Associations. (gasps) These guys got together and decided to write a nice little love letter to our friend Ford and what it said is even though the program just officially started, we already know from our members that many landlords will not apply, meaning that their tenants will not be able to access the program and the commercial tenant eviction protection it includes to make matters worse. It is extremely easy for a landlord to evict a commercial tenant in Ontario. Well, duh, your tenant should have known that before they signed their lease, right? Like they know that that's the difference between commercial and residential. But anyways, they're asking for protection and and I agree, like small businesses are hurting. I think what you're getting here is a combination of tenants and it's, it's really a conflict in the relationship before between commercial landlords and tenants, right? Like the reason that I think that you're able to get by on a time like this is open dialogue between the two parties, but in a place where the landlord had position, like the landlords have power in the commercial space, they spank on the tenants in the residential side the tenants have the power now because evictions have been banned. And so they are spanking on the landlords and they're lining up with pickets just to make matters worse. Right? So of course there's going to be a power struggle that's happening. Now if all you're going to do with banning evictions is changing the power struggle because all of a sudden you're gonna have landlords getting screwed, right? Like it's, it, it's a, it's a lose, lose situation. Unless you can come up with a program that satisfies both parties, which clearly they have not. Anyways, the weather isn't the only thing getting heated in here guys. And I'm not talking about myself either. I am getting heated. But also, the small businesses are getting heated and they're getting upset because they want their cut and they want it now. Anyways, some news that's came out today. I hope you guys have learned some stuff. Make sure you leave us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment. We're gonna to continue to put out daily podcasts every single day. We are number one on Google Podcasts for Toronto Real Estate. All thanks to you guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you tomorrow morning with more. Take care and keep it real.